Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. In this episode, I get a chance to speak with Kenneth Joseph, an excellent, excellent educator who I had the pleasure of working with back when I was in New Haven, Connecticut. In this episode, we get to talk about a couple of things, but specifically, how as educators, we have the long view. We know that the seeds that we're planting right now in this academic year are going to bear fruit many, many years from now. And it was a great conversation to have with Kenneth, who's been an educator for over 15 years, and how he has seen the fruits of his labor uh, come to bear fruit in a myriad of students. This is an awesome, awesome, awesome educator, and I'm so proud to have had this conversation with him. And to you, thank you again for listening. And this is the Chronicles of Mister. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Chronicles of Mister. I'm Mister. Pierre, and I am joined by a gentleman who I had the honor of working with way back in the day, um, the one and only Mister. Kenneth Joseph. So, welcome to the show, Mister. Joseph. Thank you so much. I am very honored and excited to be here. We're glad to have you here. I'm very glad to have you here. I'm very glad to have this conversation with you about sort of what brought you into education, what's kept you, and what what you're up to right now. So if we can start off with that, sort of how long have you uh, been in education? Oh, wow. Well, I um, I think back and I, I enjoyed talking about this, but I've been now in education and now in the past 17 years officially. Um, and I say officially because... Of course, you know, it's one of those things that it, prior to being an official teacher, you know, you, you, you were doing some of those kind of things. So officially 17 years, um, I began in music um, now 32 years. And when I think back from those 32 years, I was always um, teaching. And you say officially because I, I think a lot of educators are thinking the same thing of like, before I earned my credentials, before there was the the title from the state or whoever, like you were doing what you love to do. Um, and you, you talked about music. Can you talk a bit more about that? What were you doing with music? Absolutely. Um, I, I began at the age of eight, um, learning how to play steel pan. Um, it's one of those things I, I love talking about because at, at that time, my, my godmother said, hey, you're doing so well in school, you should go ahead and learn to play steel pans, um, which I did not like. And I began doing it just for her. And it's one of those things that after some sort of time, I eventually began began to, to enjoy steel pan. Um, but, you know, I began to play steel pan professionally for a while. But and I, and I think the teaching aspect of that, as I mentioned, is, is one of those things where steel pan, um, it's, it's taught through two different methods. You know, one through the, the written method where you're reading music and one through the oral tradition. And through the oral tradition is that someone teaches you either by telling you play B, C, D, or someone showing you how to play B, C, D. And that's right, one right. of those things where I say um, officially 17 years, but I think as a as a teacher, I've been teaching from since the last 30 years. Sensation. I, I know when I had the honor of being in the same school as you, being able to come down and watch you 
do just that of showing kids exactly not the, at least for myself, I saw the sheet music, but seeing you be hands-on and saying like, Hey, hit this like this, um, was something that was a joy because music is, you know, something that I love as well. I wish I could play. Um, however, I just know twinkle, twinkle on the piano. That's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you were, you were an awesome educator who, yeah, the kids gravitated and they excelled when they were with you. So if I could ask what sort of brought you into education? You know, it's, um, as I mentioned before, my, my godmother was the one to introduce me or to encourage me rather to, to learn to play steel pan. Um, and she was also an educator. Um, she has passed away. Um, but she was also an educator and she was the one who I kind of sort of emulated to, to, to become in, to, to follow through in the, in the footsteps. Um, she taught elementary school for a while, then she migrated to the Bahamas from Trinidad and Tobago, and she continued teaching elementary school. And she she also she really enjoyed that. Um, when I asked, like, are you interested in doing like administration work? And she said, well, no, I really want to be in the school system, in, in the classroom rather than be hands-on, um, directly involved in, in, in teaching. So she never got into administration. Um, she was a school leader, but not like officially as a principal or anything else. But she she um, kind of continued to to be hands on teaching and everything she did. So she was the one that kind of really got me into the the teaching aspect of things. Do you feel like um, like her influence of wanting to remain in the classroom as opposed to having a position outside of the classroom? had a major effect on you and your sort of career choices, if you will? Absolutely. You know, let me say this. My my parents are, because um, you're still alive, but my, my parents are great. And, you know, they had a, a great impact on, on all of their children's lives. But my, my godmother, you know, she was really hands-on. She was not like a, a godparent that's, that's by name. Um, I, I have to say I'm one of those, unfortunately. Um, I love my godchildren, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm not as... Uh, active in their lives but my godmother she was one of those who was really um active and she she was not another name but she was really influential in the sense that i attended the school that she taught at um well, both schools that is when she switched i switched and um she took education seriously it wasn't uh an eight to four job it was one of those things that she she was guiding me like literally um, seven days a week, 24 hours each day, they encouraged me to be the best and to do the best and talking about things, how to become better. And she was always, always there to, um, to, to just support me. Right. Awesome. When I, when I think of even myself and my, my journey into education, those people who see in you something that you may not see immediately and sort of caress or as the Caribbeans might do a bit more um, lovingly and aggressively say like, Hey, this is something that you can do and sort of uh, push you in that direction. Was that the same that you're, that you experienced with your godmother? Yeah, she, she, yeah, she, yeah, she was definitely that person to, um, to, to value the, the education system. Um, I can think back uh, when she would um, tell me to go to do my, my daily reading 
Um, reading was something that I did not enjoy. I did not enjoy reading as a child. Um, only after grad school, and this is this is not even in grad school. This is, this is <laughs> upon completion of grad school. After I really, yeah, it really. I um I only then gravitated to enjoy to to actually to begin to read because one of those things I said to myself, oh, it's a it's a chore. Um, but only after grad school I began to read to enjoy reading. But I can see myself as a child when she said to me daily, okay, you know, get your book, go read. I'll have that book in front of me and my eyes just watch the page. Um, but, but I say that not, not to um, manipulate the system, but just to really you know, stress the importance of, of how she, she encouraged me daily um, to, to, to be the best. Um, and even though I was not reading and I was kind of skimming through this, the system, um, those lessons didn't um, leave me. They stayed with me throughout. And I really, really value everything um, she has done for me. Um, she, but by an unimaginable doubt, was one of my biggest influences um, in becoming an, an educator um, and in who I am today. For us as black men, um, it's rare to have other black men as teachers. I know when I was in that building with you, there were just three of us, if I could remember correctly, myself, you, Mr. Craig, and then we had uh, Dr. Mitchell, but that was admin. Yeah. Is that something that you still see even as you are, you know, as you mentioned in your unofficial 30th year of teaching, I'm just like, man, just not a lot of black men who are, who are educators or have you seen it shift a little bit that there are a bit more? Yeah. Um, unfortunately it is still the same. Um, I don't know why, but it's definitely still the same. You know, there aren't a lot of us, uh, you know, in, in this, uh, in this work um and and there aren't a lot of men in general mm-hmm. let's just you know you know black men yes we're, we're definitely on the on the small the smallest of numbers but i think there's definitely men in general not a lot of men in the work um doing it it's interesting because i had a conversation i have an idea mm-hmm. that um <laughs> another person who we work with nikki <laughs> she was like yeah, yeah. Willie, have you ever have you ever thought that for a lot of black boys, school is a place where a lot of trauma occurred? For them, it wasn't a, a happy a happy place, and so for them, the thought of I want to go back into the place where so much trauma happened that perhaps is a reason why. And for myself, being the the child of immigrants, knowing that school is just placed at a different level for me. And so I also know that my experience is different. And so when I think of school or I think of um, education, I know that it's like, look, I want to reach as many kiddos and be the teacher that I wish I had so that they too, whatever they want to go into, they don't ever feel as if that they're inadequate or cannot achieve whatever it is that they have in front of them. But that aspect of school being a place where some kiddos were traumatized that it's when they think of school, it's just like, as you mentioned, some woman 
more likely than not, a white woman berating them or speaking harshly to them, saying that they're not good enough or antagonizing them. All these other factors that could have been traumatizing them that the moment they got out, they're just like, look, I'm turning my back. I'm not looking to go back to that, that that perhaps might be one of the reasons. But I also struggle with like more needs to be done to attract black men into the field, into the profession. And then once they're there, like stay there, that they're not just a token or stated to, yeah, just that be a token and then not really be able to, to grow into whatever they want to do. Um, but I can say, yeah, being with you, being with Jonah, man, that was, that was a, a great year where I felt that I grew and I was seen in the students that I had a, the privilege of interacting with was able to help them as well grow to be um, a little bit better. I mean, I, I appreciate that sincerely, and um, I express the same sentiments. Um, you know, <laughs> it, there's something about uh, working with each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we speak the same language without even speaking. You know, uh, when you came in, you know, there's a level of a respect I had for you as a, as a person first, mm -hmm. um, as, as a professional, and then seeing what you did with your class as well, too, is a level of respect that I had for you from, from what you did as well. Um, and, and you can tell that, that our students, like, without a doubt, they enjoyed Yeah. You. And to go back to what you said about, you know, the trauma itself, because you, you know, and others saw our, our students, um, not just as a job, but, you know, it was, it's important for you to, um, see them as, as a person and have respect for each and every one of them and not just say, well, you know what, this child over here has had in the past, um, some behavior problems. I'm going to come in here and say, well, um, I heard that this child has these concerns and, and I'm, I'm going to come in here and, 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 um, and follow the trend. Yeah. Right. So you understand them for who they were and not just for what you were told that, they, that they, that they are. So, and that's a difference that, that you brought in and, you know, again, a few others, not just mm -hmm. to, to, um, minimize anyone else's efforts, Yeah. but you know, you saw them much for much more. And, you know, something I've lived by and I, and I still do, I tell all of, you know, past students, present students I encounter, like, I'm going to respect you for who you are and for not to what your, your title is. You know, <clears throat> um, I don't care if you're the executive director, you're the president, you are the, the CEO, the, that doesn't, you know, the position I may respect, but as a person, it's a difference, you know, I respect you for who you are, right. but you, you can be two, you can be three. I'm going to give you a respect as well too. Yep. And, and that's how I connect with our children. Um, and I know we're talking about, you know, the, the lack of the black men, um, in our profession and the trauma, I come to this work, not traumatized, or maybe if I am traumatized, I don't, I don't see that but I really want to, to make a difference to help our children. 
and to understand that, hey, you can really do this. If we just kind of speak the same language, you can really do this. Um, and I'll give you an example. I, uh, at my current school, um, I had a, a new teacher started last year and I was in her class, you know, just checking out some things. Uh, and I sent her an email and I, and she, but the backstory is she was talking to her children and she was like, um, yo, sis, give me a minute. And, uh, I said to her, when she said, sis, I said, I loved it. And she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She was like, I was like, no, there's nothing to apologize for. I said, here's why. You were talking to our children as if you, you know them. You're not talking down to them. You're speaking with them, right? And, and that's what they know is meeting them where they are to get their attention. It wasn't disrespectful at all. It was just meeting them where they are. Um, and she's like, oh my God. I was like, it was as it was everything for me because you 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 were going to relate to them for them to even to relate to you right. and that to me was on point yeah i think i think all teachers who are their authentic selves see the kiddos for who they are don't try to force yourself into this mode just be you and if you can see the kids as who they are as well like you said meet them where they're at then when the children see that you see them then they rise Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I, and I, and that was something that I saw you do. Yeah. On the, or at least when I was present in your classroom, like there was one gentleman, I want to say he graduated right before Corona hit and he used to play the drums and he had glasses. I'm, I'm blanking out on his name and we don't need to say his name, but the way he would play. Yes. So you know who I'm talking about? The yes, way he yes. would play was just amazing. And like, <laughs> yeah, just amazing. And that affirmation that I'm sure he must've received from you and others to know like, oh, you got it, kid. Mr. Pierre definitely got it. I, I does not have it. I can just take two pencils and beep, beep, beep. But the way he played and the confidence and the joy that he would play while he was in your class. Oh, I wish I could remember his name. I wish it was in your book. You know what? Um... And I'm thinking of a young man. Um, there, are two, there are two young men I'm thinking about right now because you said you're playing the drum set. Yeah. And, um, and I'm picturing two. And I appreciate you bringing that up because there are two young men I'm thinking about who I am in contact with mm. um, right now. Uh, one of them uses me as a use me regularly as um, a reference for um, a job application. Yeah. And uh, hands down, I, I said, yes, yeah. I recommend this young man for the job he's applying for. He used me twice, actually, I should say. Um, when we spoke, may have been last week or week before. The other young man, he so that previous young man, sorry, he is about 23-ish mm. now. Um, the other young man is around 19. And this other young man, I, I was um, in a fast food restaurant, um, the drive-thru. Yeah. And I ordered something and I came out and he said, hey, pull up. Um, it wasn't ready as yet. He came outside to me and said, Mr. Joseph, <laughs> I lost your number. 
but I wanted to invite you to our high school graduation. <clears throat> and he said, I didn't have your number. And that was the first thing he said to me. It wasn't even about, hey, how are you doing? It was, it was just like, hey, I lost your number. I wanted to invite you to our graduation, and I'm sorry I didn't have it. <clears throat> and that meant the world to me. Yeah. That meant the absolute world to me because it was it was genuine. He really wanted me there, um, but he didn't have my number. And and I said, you know, it's okay. I appreciate it. I said the intention was good. Um, just you thinking about me, you know, meant a lot. Um, and it was either those two young men I'm speaking about right now. I, yeah, I appreciate that. And I think you bringing that up about um, both of those young men. Us as educators, that is sort of like a lot of times the system wants to see like this immediate growth of that. If I see the seventh grader by the end of seventh grade year, they should be here. By the eighth, end of eighth grade, they should be here. Whereas I feel as in talking to you, your mindset is more of, I recognize that this kiddo, I'm probably not going to see the growth in a year or two. Maybe it's going to be five years. Maybe it'll be when they're 23 that they're going out for a job and they're using me as a you know, like you mentioned, a reference mm -hmm. that if you don't see it in one or two years, like you're not deflated. You're like, no, no, no. I know I'll put the work in. I'll still see this kiddo in the building. We'll have our interactions. It might even be, I see him in a drive-thru when I go to get something quick to eat and know that this, yeah. what I am doing is going to encourage this person to be better. And that we as educators, we have that, that the long view, not just the short, yeah, we want to make gains within an academic year, but we're also thinking of the long view of like, what's this kid going to do when they're 23, when they're 25, when they're 30, when they reach out to me, when they have yeah. their kids, like what school are you still, are you still teaching at? I would love for my kid to be, um, you know, to have you as a teacher like that. That's pretty awesome. Hey there, everyone. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Ken, the Joseph part two dropping soon. Mm -hmm.